0: back to the Out of the Box Podcast. It has been a while because we've had a lot of stuff going on since, am I reading this right? Alabama season came to an end in regionals. Gray Robertson, Tom Canterbury. Tom, this is uncharted territory for this podcast. Typically, the episode we're recording right now would be happening at a Cattleman's or at an indoor practice facility or in a hotel lobby or something like that. Instead, we're doing it in Tuscaloosa and that's very strange.
1: It was weird. It was weird that the season ended in Tuscaloosa. First time Alabama has not made it out of regionals since the adoption of the current format. Uh, so 2004, the last time Alabama lost in regionals, and it's a surreal situation. Um, but it's one of those where it just shows you one how how much everybody else has gotten better. Yeah, I think it's like you are, and we're seeing that now with all the upsets and regionals and super regionals and the eight teams that are in the women's college world series, not the best eight teams that we've had all year long, but the eight teams playing the best right now. Um, And then this shows you, you know, it doesn't matter if you've been there every single year, you got to bring it every single time. And if you don't, you can get knocked out quickly. That's what happened to Alabama.
0: It was so strange knowing that supers was coming and not having to do anything. Yeah. No boarding. I I bought extra poster board before the tournament. I was like, "This is I've got this ready." Right. And it's still sitting on that guest room bed. You can take to the FGCL, yeah. You well, it, this poster board's too nice. I gotta I gotta like I gotta have the smaller stuff. I right. You know, I can't go as in depth on the FGCL because I gotta mass produce the boards. Sure, right. Yes.
1: <laughs> a lot a lot of games in a yes. short period of time.
0: It, it was just so strange. Like I had three days of just watching softball on the couch, and uh, I feel like the overwhelming emotion was honestly jealousy. It was like, I really want to be doing this, being right. a part of these games. And, you know, that that's just a me thing. I'm sure the players and coaches felt even stronger emotions, but it, it just felt weird missing out on
1: it. Yeah, it did. I mean, yeah. And whatever we felt, just amplify oh. that by like 100. And I'm sure that's what the players totally. But it's you know, kind of this, the way sports go sometimes. It, it was somewhat reminiscent to me of the 2020 football season, because, you know, I work in the football, in the press box doing stats. And I had literally been to every Alabama home game for decades. Since the, like the last game that I had missed a home game outside of an occasional game that I was doing the SEC soft, soccer tournament was 1995 or something was the last time I had missed a home game. And because of everything that was going on in 2020, I didn't go to any of the home games. So sitting at home and watching an Alabama football game mm. was weird. Uh, and it was kind of it was weird watching postseason softball and not either knowing that Alabama had a game coming up or you know or Alabama was involved in it and just watching the, you know what else was going on it was very very odd it was just there it was it was hard to really wrap around at the same time I was like I was getting into the games I was enjoying it was them.
0: it was a different kind of different. fascination yeah yeah It was so strange, you know, usually this time of year a lot of good TV shows come out we were talking before we came on about stranger things. Mm -hmm. Normally, I would see stranger things come out and say, I'll get to that after the season. Right. This year, it's like, yeah, I have a little time. I'll turn on (laughs) some stranger things. (laughs) Right. And we'll talk more about that in a little bit because it ties into kind of the overall theme of the episode. But um, just a very interesting time all the way around.
1: I hope the thing of the podcast isn't Dungeons & Dragons no. characters coming to kill us.
0: I, Tom, you will not be lifted into the air. <laughs>
1: Good. Thank you. That's I, not a
0: spoiler. It's no, in the promo. It is. Just watch the trailer online. Mm-hmm. Here's your trip around the bases. We'll start at the plate and talk about what happened in Tuscaloosa. We're going to solely talk about regionals because we're saving our year-long look back for the season four finale that's where we'll cover everything big picture this will be specifically talking about regionals and talking about the transfer portal reports we've had a lot of people tweeting us Mm. saying talk about it talk about it and we're like we have jobs and lives i'm going to the world series now like you've got a family and other like we can't just podcast at the drop of a hat
1: yeah and and also it's hard to talk about what we don't really know yeah i mean i I don't know what's in the heads of a lot of people i I know that shocks you but but i i i am not in tune 100 on what's happening in the heads of 20 year old girls i'm sorry (laughs)
0: it's probably for the best probably for the best yes then we will advance the first changing up the format a little bit we've got a guest it is kenzie fowler quinn who does pac-12 network espn she was in la for regionals arizona wildcat their team is in the World Series. If she can figure that out, that'd be awesome. It's, she tries. We all try. It's <laughs> like, how did how did this happen?
1: <laughs> no one knows.
0: What a run by Caitlin Lowe's squad. We'll talk about them when we get to the next segments. First, we will steal second. Look at the day side. This year, it's flipped. So the typical night side, the primetime games are now during the day because that's where the ABC time slots are later on in the bracket. So the best games are at... 11 and 130 at the world series on day one and then when we round third we'll talk about the night side games which that side of the bracket total chaos just craziness one top eight seed on right. that side frustratingly that's right where Alabama would sit and yep. then we will head home and do what we do best make picks great
1: <laughs> so whatever we pick just pick the opposite and you'll be a millionaire.
0: Then we've got off the wall. Oh, great.
1: Good. That too.
0: Yeah, there is some stuff that has to be covered. It's not even necessarily game related. It's just Missouri's Kim Wirt had a really good tweet that we're going to talk about. And the the fans have just been crazy this postseason, just like for everyone. It's it's absurd.
1: Yeah, the, the sickness has continued to just spread out. In a way, I'm
0: like glad it's not just Alabama, but also like get a hold of yourselves, people.
1: (laughs) Some people just get a life is what we're saying.
0: (laughs) Okay, let's start at the plate and talk about the Tuscaloosa Regional. Alabama season comes to an end. I've got multiple things written down here. Why? Because unfortunately, the offensive issues that popped up didn't go away. And there was a moment where you were like, oh, I I can see through the red mist of the upside down. Because Alabama scored four runs in that first game on Sunday against Stanford. And you were like, maybe the, the corner's been turned. Right. It didn't happen in game two. And unfortunately, as, as much as we don't want it to be, at the end of the year, the story of Alabama's season was just the offense could not find a way to consistently get it done.
1: Yeah, and it happened kind of all of a sudden, and it just kept going. Like like you said, it wasn't an issue all year long, February and March, Alabama oh. was one of the best offensive teams, not just in the SEC, but in the entire country. Uh, but sometime around April, mid-April, it kind of just, everybody kind of went into a slump at the same time. And, you know, Ashley Prangy would have good days. Allie Shipman would have good days. You know, Bailey Dowling would have good days, but no one was having a good day at the same time. Yeah. Not getting the hit at the right time. And it went from just being an issue in a few games to it being kind of the offensive identity for Alabama. And we were, we were all thinking once again, to postseason. this is the way, you know, this happens sometimes. Once it gets into the postseason, uh, a fl- a switch was going to be flipped and you were going to see Alabama be able to come through a little bit better, but it just never happened. The, the light never came on. And that is the story of the, of the, of the entire, not the entire season. I see the, the story of the end of the season and the
0: yeah. season Unfortunately, it feels like it's the entire season right. because of when it popped up. But, yeah, I mean, it was, it was just disappointing to see. Just It felt like just missed chances. And especially when you look at how that side of the bracket has turned out, a real missed opportunity for, mm-hmm. for this Alabama team. And, unfortunately, sometimes that's just sports. Um, I, I will say the ultimate bright spot in this entire postseason run, if you want to call it that, was the pitching. You know, Montana, what Montana did, holy cow. I cannot applaud her enough for her performance. I thought Jayla Torrance pitching with the season on the line against Chattanooga, like, yeah, you know, you're playing the four seed, but also it's Jayla Torrance's first NCAA mm-hmm. tournament experience ever. And she went essentially complete. It was six right. and a third.
1: And you're and you're playing for your season. You know, if you lose the season's over and your offense is struggling. Yeah. So the mar- it doesn't matter who you're playing, your margin for error was small. Yes. And, and Jayla did a tremendous job against Chattanooga. Could not be more proud of her.
0: Yeah. Uh, Alex Salter pitched well in the moments that she had. Unfortunately, still no Lexi Kilfoyle uh, available to go in the regional. And, and we'll talk more about Lexi in just a moment. But all in all, I thought, considering what was up against them, the pitching did as well as they could. Montana just ran out of gas in that last game. But if we're looking at, like, the ultimate positive – holy crap montana's change up yeah what what i mean we have talked for how many months you know when people have commented montana needs a change up to change up the speeds we're like no she's got it right it's just about how comfortable she feels throwing the pitch and i don't know whether she ate a really good slab of bacon or what but on that sunday against stanford that off-speed pitch was the best it has looked in four years. And Mm -hmm. if that is a a further weapon that she can develop and really fine-tune going into her single-tier final year of eligibility, oh, my gosh, she could be shut down next year.
1: Right, because, I mean, when you look at what she was doing in 2019, 2021, uh, when she was leading Alabama through World Series runs, is because she had not only – pitches that were on three different levels, but they were at different speeds. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a, you know, a full changeup, but she was able to take, take speed off. Uh, we weren't seeing her being able to do that quite as well throughout this, this season here in 2022, but then being able to unleash just that changeup in, in in that final game against Sanford, it, it does, it just adds another weapon to, to the arsenal. And it might've been a situation where it's like, I only have a limited amount of gas left. I have to make it through this game. Doesn't matter if I'm comfortable with it or not. I have to throw this changeup, and it's got to work. And and it did. Compliments to her. Compliments on Steph for for calling it and saying we're we're going with it.
0: How many two zero changeups yeah. did we see?
1: low and, and those were strikes. Yes, yes. So uh, you know Stanford never really hit it until it got to the point where you know she wasn't having any movement on any other pitches because she was just worn out. Yeah. Uh, so I think had Lexi Kilfoyle been available through this postseason run, Alabama might have been able to withstand some of the offensive issues just because they would have been even more shut down pitching wise but her not being available made it almost entirely on Montana and then like you said some spot duty for both Jayla and Alex and Alabama and they did they gave them all they had but the offense had to back them up a little bit more.
0: Yeah I I, again though just to to get back to Montana kind of to your point it almost felt like being having her back against the wall, like something just clicked and that that pitch, it's crazy. And not only was she throwing it for strikes, but she was not throwing it for strikes when she had to, and she was getting chases in the dirt. And right. it was, it was just her ability to move that pitch around. Again, we knew she had it. She's popped it out at times. Typically, when she's thrown it that's been the pitch that we've seen teams hit and then she hasn't wanted to throw it again. Right. Even the couple solid contacts that we saw from Stanford on it, which there weren't much, she still kept going back to it. And I think that that's a really interesting and exciting sign going into next year. And I think also for the world games, TV USA has got to be like, whoa, yeah. all right, sure. I was let's gonna, use that too.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, if you see her pitching for team USA and she uses that change up, And then we'll watch her in fall ball as well at Alabama. That's going to make her even more just absolutely deadly next season.
0: If she's striking out the best players in the world, right? With oh man, Mm. um. So I want to play already. Is Team Twenty Seven here? Can we? uh, (laughs) We don't even know who all is going to be yet. No, we don't. And I guess that's a segue into into the other uh, the other storyline coming out, which was six people entering the transfer portal. It was reported by multiple outlets. Uh, It's. At this point, not a secret. Everybody knows who it is. Abby Doerr, Lexi Kilfoyle, Dallas Goodnight, Megan Bloodworth, Savannah Woodard, Jenna Lord. I think a lot of people are wanting us to talk about it and give an ex- like give a reason as to why it happened. I can't do that for a couple of reasons. One, some of these that I do know, they're not our business. It, right. it's, it's not for us to tell that side of the story. Mm-hmm. And others, you know, frankly, I, I there were a couple that I didn't see coming. I will say this, though. The one thing that has really bothered me about this is people using sweeping generalizations and saying, oh, why did the six leave as if they all came to this decision on their you know, right. together? They're, they're not. No, I promise they're probably not going to go to the same place. No, they're, they're, this, this, They all came to different reasons. Everybody left for a different reason. I'll just say that. And, mm-hmm. and for the most part, I mean, again, it, this wasn't some collective group effort it just unfortunately all came out at the same time. Right. And that's kind of what made it look worse than I think it feels internally. Like there's not a sense of panic at Alabama and our various group chats. No, nah. bottom line, it is a bummer to say goodbye to some players that we really grew to know this year uh, and the last couple seasons. And we wish them as we do every year when somebody leaves all the best. But I, I think now if you're Alabama, you enter in this phase where for the first time ever, you're going to try and build with the transfer portal. Like they've added transfers, but this is like, you've got spots that you have to fill with transfer people. And it kind of excites me because mm. now you, you get to make that choice about the kind of player that you want to go to after seeing some collegiate evidence.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, Alabama's going to be able to shop in a talent rich transfer portal it's it's um, full
0: right now right I've got quite the document running
1: yeah and and we don't even know for the most part the World Series teams that are going to have transfers coming out of that too and that that's the point I was going to make with all of this is and I understand that a lot of Alabama fans are Alabama fans and that's all that they that's all they look at and that's fine. I have no, I mean, I'm not saying you have to be, you know, you don't have to dive into softball. Like we dive into softball. Right. I would probably you don't
0: need a 20 page right. document. I
1: would probably recommend not doing that as a matter of fact, but <laughs> if you're just an Alabama fan, I know you look at this and you see six players transferring out and you're going to think the sky is falling that it, it is. It, this is because one, it doesn't happen at Alabama, it, it doesn't, you're, you're absolutely right. This is the first time this has happened at this scale, but if you take a step back and look at what's happening in all of college softball right now, virtually every team has multiple people going in the transfer portal. Yeah. Multiple, like some more than Alabama, some a few less, but it doesn't matter. Everybody has some people going in and that is just college sports in 2022. That's just the way it is. The the transfer portal has made it so much easier for people to be able to transfer to be able to you know cut bait quicker they can make those type of changes in some ways it's it's really good it's good for the athlete to have those options uh, but at the same time it does make it a little bit harder to build your team if you're a coach that's for sure you have to kind of realize that so like, if you're an Alabama fan and you're only and you only look at Alabama and you know you come to trivia night in January and you see the Alabama team out there and you, and you fall in love with all the girls because that's what you do because yeah because they deserve it that's you know you're gonna they're they're always a great bunch of girls that's who Patrick Murphy recruit recruits recruits people first and softball players second so they're gonna be great people coming out there you just have to kind of know when when you're going through that fall in love with them and cheer them on and and want them to do well but understand there's a pretty good chance that at least a few of those ladies are not going to finish their career at Alabama yeah it's just the way it is in, in It's the,
0: everywhere in
1: the 2020s and in, in college sports, that's the way it is. And I, I think you have to look at it from that vantage point and also look at it from, well, who does Alabama replace those people with? And I still stand by it. You know, we, Alabama had two small T people come in from the transfer portal last year. We'll see who replaces the six that are leaving. If they are
0: to the level of the ones that came in last year, I think Alabama's gonna be just fine. There are people already in the portal now. And some of you, if you're listening, you probably know who I'm talking about. But there are others in the portal that I look at and I'm like, yeah, I could see it. Yes. We're not even close yeah. to what this portal is gonna look like. Yeah. You, you've got, like you talked about, the World Series teams, some Supers teams, a lot of teams. It's Monday as we record, they're going through exit meetings right now. That yeah. all the teams that were just eliminated. That's when it comes out. Yeah. That's so when we find, find Tomorrow, who's as you're listening. Right a lot of news could be dropping there. There are people like, remember Ali Shipman did this who won't go in the portal until a month after the season, right? Like four or five weeks. Need which, some time to, yeah. you know,
1: to to look back and, and kind of assess your situation. There's going to be a lot of chances. And when you look at it that this talent rich transfer portal that's going to be there. 90% of them. If Patrick Murphy called them right now would say yes to coming to Alabama and playing with Montana Fouts and this team, like, before Patrick Murphy finished asking the question. So there's not going to be, you know, you don't have to do a whole lot of convincing to get people to come to Alabama. So there's, there's going to be people coming in to replace these six. And by the way, a lot of these six were the people that people were complaining about during the season. So you can't, you can't in one hand, be complaining about how underachieving somebody, somebody is. And at the same time say, I can't, I I really hate that they're leaving and it's going to cause detriment to the program. Well, if they weren't very good, then why are you mad that they're leaving? Yeah. And that's
0: a whole other kit and caboodle right. that we're going to dive into. We'll probably into. get into that
1: more in, in, yeah.
0: in, in the season finale as well. We're going to talk more about what can be done moving forward because, you know, we love this program, obviously. There are things, though, that can change and that can be improved upon.
1: Because I promise you, Patrick Murphy's not sitting at home having been eliminated from regionals for the first time since 2004 and thinking I need to do everything exactly the same thing that I did here this year <laughs> that that
0: can confirm that <laughs> right based on various yes. conversations exactly we've all had we a little peek behind the curtain we're all pretty much in constant contact we're texting Tom at least one member of the coaching staff pretty much daily right yes. whether it be about softball or otherwise so we know we know that steps are being made that that's another thing I'm excited to see next year what what changes you know what mm. what adjustments are made going forward because we know and the way things operate are, are probably going to be tweaked and, right. as they probably should be after one of the more disappointing seasons
1: yeah I, I don't think you see a complete overhaul by any stretch because like we said as we saw earlier in the season Alabama was hitting on all cylinders like right. they, they, they peaked too early for sure and then struggled down the stretch and You know, that's when the tournament and the playoffs are. And if you struggle at that point, then then the season ends the way you don't want it to. Finding ways to parlay the earlier success that you had throughout
0: the entire season. Before we advance to first and talk with Kenzie Fowler Quinn, let's talk about our friend Joe Evans. We... I don't want to say teased it, but we mentioned this as a possibility during media days after we talked with her. She was in the final year of her contract. Uh, one of the legends of the game steps down from AM. So that's a big time opening. Mm-hmm. Uh, first off, on Coach Evans, personally, one of my favorites to always talk with. I know we, I feel like we say that about every coach, but truly with Joe Evans always a delight, was always super forthright with her answers, right. always provided quite the Zoom background whenever <laughs> we talked with her. And I don't know what her next step is, whether it's an administrative role at AM or whether she wants to keep coaching somewhere, but just a Hall of Famer in every sense of the word. And what a tenure for her with the and tech Aggies.
1: Absolutely. She was one that I always enjoyed. You know, when we do softball media days, we usually have two or three questions at the end that's kind of more all encompassing of all of college softball that we mm-hmm. asked all the different coaches. And I always enjoyed, I thought she gave some of our best answers on those types of things. So I think she, she is one because of her tenure, how long she'd been there, how much she had seen, really kind of understood what was needed for the health of the entire sport. And very cool that the, her career ends on an even 1300 victories.
0: Yeah. I mean, shoot, man. Yeah.
1: And the, the one game in the winner's bracket game, Gave Oklahoma everything they wanted.
0: It's the best challenge the Sooners have seen in the postseason thus far.
1: Right, that they, they were in a tough spot, being sent, you know, kind of in that geographical spot where they got sent to Norman when they weren't hosting a, on uh, several occasions in the postseason. Uh, but you know, bottom line, if you're Texas A&M, you know, you, you've built this Taj Mahal of a uh, of a softball facility, and it, it's never hosted a regional. It's not, you know, and that's you don't spend thirty three million dollars to not host regional. Right. So you could kind of see it with her being in her last in the last year of her contract unless there was a a major step up they might be making a change there and that's what's going to happen and still that's the hire at Texas A&M I think is going to be kind of the first whenever that hire is made the first domino to fall in what could be a crazy offseason as far as a coaching carousel
0: yeah and with portal implications as well Oh my gosh I will say, as of an hour ago, the the big rumor was Lonnie Alameda to A&M. This was being talked about for months. Like, if a change was made, Lonnie should be A&M's first call. And the question was, would she take the job?
1: It seems as though she was their first call.
0: Yeah, and it seems as though she is not taking the job. An hour ago, Travis Wilson, the assistant coach at Florida State, tweeted a picture of Lonnie with the caption, in all caps, LOYAL. That seems pretty cut and dry that Lonnie Alameda is not going to Texas A&M. we look at the possible candidates. Kenzie Fowler and I, you know, before the interview, we talked a little bit about this job. She was curious if they make a hire and they might announce it during the World Series to get some publicity. If that happens, you'll look at coaches who've been eliminated, which there are many. Mm-hmm. Uh, if no hire is made by the end of the World Series and you look at coaches who were playing in OKC and you consider, crazily enough, a Tim Walton. I've seen Heather Tarr tossed out there. Beth Tarina has been tossed out there. Uh, trisha ford at arizona state would make some sense there are a lot of options for the aggies and they've got the money to pay right. for it Here's another one about how about your boy pete how about pete more pete it's it's so interesting I, i'm i just waiting like yeah. who is it gonna be who
1: who who wants to be the aggies coach and wants to gig them and you know saw varsity's uh horns off yeah you got it yeah, i do all the sorts of things they make you do
0: during Have the my grandfather come and bake you a brisk bake <laughs> right. you a brisket that's not it mm. grill you up a bris- whatever you do with right. brisket that's why Paw makes it and i eat it right i'm down for that okay. i'll do that part there of we go all right so that's that's who- kind of like the big off-season
1: storyline who wants to visit the snake at the dixie chicken not great if you if
0: you <laughs> fight the snake and whoever does that gets the job <laughs> Gosh, like The opening scene of Harry Potter, man. So anyway, we're going to be waiting. I'll be in Oklahoma City, you'll be here, but the group text will be alive as soon as if that news drops mm-hmm. during the World Series, it's going to send shockwaves. Right. And I, I'm kind of a little excited to, to see what happens because mm-hmm. this feels like one of the more consequential moves we could see anytime soon because it feels like in a lot of the quote-unquote big programs people are pretty entrenched right a&m has the chance to get up to that big program level just because they've got the money and they can go get some of those coaches at the established powers
1: right so and then like you said with transfer portal implications you know yeah a coaching change whenever it happens at some of these big schools is going to throw a few other names that we had no idea was going to be mm-hmm. transfer portal type names into the mix so that's why again if you're Alabama and yes you just have just had these six players enter the portal which by the way if you enter the portal it doesn't necessarily mean you have to leave
0: they can all come back if right
1: want to. but just saying if they if they do leave there's going to be so many people available for Patrick Murphy to replace those players with um there's scholarship money available come on down we'll see what happens <sighs> should
0: we put it in play
1: i don't know who will be but sure
0: <laughs> you know we're, we're i'm gonna make the call okay we're kj haney oh yeah little pinch hit two rbi single in that game you had to win against stanford that was good stuff right over the third base back just whoop, right there
1: okay Queen so banana right how about kj haney this year mm. by the way you know <laughs> do it just an unbelievable on base percentage preach just <laughs> so many walks and then when she did put the ball in play a grand slam <laughs> against south carolina an infield double down at the <laughs> mardi gras mambo 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 and then a two rbi single over the third base bag when you had to have it again in the regionals i mean and and just the best teammate you could possibly ask for kj haney
0: kj haney we are you. Yes. And we're putting it in play. When we come back, Kenzie Fowler Quinn is here. We're going to talk all things World Series. She's already in OKC. We're going to discuss how the heck Arizona got there. So much to cover when we get back here on the Out of the Box Podcast. Welcome back to the Out of the Box Podcast. It is time to advance to first ahead of the Women's College World Series. Gray Robertson here. Tom. Busy with other things, but you've heard him throughout the episode you will the rest of the show. Now, though, I get to spend some time with an Arizona Wildcat who is in Oklahoma City because her team has qualified for the Women's College World Series. Kenzie Fowler Quinn, welcome to the show. How are you?
2: I am great. I've just been on the road with this team. Um, Last minute decision to fly to Starkville to help them with some social coverage and then, you know, things happen, and you just keep rolling with it, and you jump on the team charter, and here we are in OKC.
0: (laughs) I like that. I want to start in Starkville. I wanted to go to those games, actually, but there were no tickets available. What was that atmosphere like when Arizona and Mississippi State were playing?
2: It was awesome. It was a really fun um, atmosphere. Uh, We were there, of course, the day early, you get that open practice, and so um, there was the team to help shoot some video and stuff, and They were setting up um, the platforms out in the outfield and you could tell it was quite an event and extra efforts were going into the hosting for Mississippi State because it was just so many trucks kept coming in. And we were looking around like, is there a concert going to be on or what is all this, you know, metal equipment coming in? So I think that was really good for their program and for their fans. I, to be honest, I could tell that a lot of the fans were baseball fans, which is okay. Um, They're clearly a baseball school with so much tradition and history, and I think it was so meaningful for those baseball fans to come over to the sport of softball, maybe for the first time ever, because it was packed like you're talking about. So I think, again, huge for the sport, like so many of the storylines we've been talking about all all month. Um, So it was it was a fun little place to be a part of that Super Regional and just observe it as a as a fan.
0: All right, I want to talk about the storylines, like you mentioned, because this has been probably the craziest NCAA tournament ever. But let's focus more on your Wildcats. I saw them in person in February. Alabama run-ruled them in five innings, 11-0. And at the time, I thought, wow, this is going to be a great win for Alabama's resume. And as the season went on, Arizona struggled. And there was a time when people didn't even think they would be in the NCAA tournament. Now they're one of the
2: final eight teams standing. How did this turnaround happen? a good question i feel like as the kids say there's layers to this um because you are hip
0: with the youth of today
2: yeah so hip so hip with the words um there's there's so many things to touch on with this team i don't i've never seen a year like this for arizona softball it's so strange um obviously i'm from tucson so i have a lot of my twitter feed as fans and people that are local, and I'm just seeing all the reactions roll in. Um, I've never seen so much joy from the fan base because much like Alabama, the Arizona fan base is one with high expectations because of the tradition and because of the national championships and because of how many times they've been to the Women's College World Series. This year has been different. It's been a reset of all things. You start at the top with Coach Candre retiring last year. You start with the big senior class, five, six All-Americans graduating, and you have the majority of this team is sophomore driven for Arizona. You have Hannah Bowen, the senior in the circle, but outside of her, it's very sophomore heavy. And they're playing for the first time, have not Have not had consistent at-bats from February to May. And there's been, quite frankly, a lot of growing pains, but I've got to credit Coach Lowe, Caitlin, and um, give her and her staff praise because it was rough. <laughs> it was rough in that and 8 stretch. The fan base was, um, I don't know, waning, if you will. I'm sure you've experienced that. And it, it wasn't pretty. And she's righted the ship. And it's her first year. And being able to keep this young team focused, keep their – their attitude positive, how easy it would have been for them to just, okay, season's over. Like, let's just, let's almost be excited for the season to be over. So I think them getting into the tournament was a flip and a reset of this is an opportunity for us to feel better about ourselves and do something about it. And I've got to give credit to Taryn Mowat, the pitching, the pitching coach for Arizona, because Hannah Bowen and Devin Nets look like completely different pitchers. In the postseason. And I think that's what's really exciting about the postseason. It's like season three. You know, you have the pre-conference, the conference, and then the postseason. But just the joy in this fan base, it's something I've never seen before because this was not expected.
0: It, it definitely was not for me. I uh, I mean, when the bracket came out, I was like, oh, Missouri got another easy regional. And then, yeah. like you said, the Hannibal and Devin Nett situation, just the domination in the circle was completely out of nowhere and that that along with an offense that's found a way to get the clutch hits has kind of been the catalyst for this run and that's all you need in the postseason you need good pitching you need solid defense and you need those one or two key hits and Arizona's gotten four or five in all these games
2: yeah and I feel like it's kind of a storyline as well with how many seeds we've seen go down I feel like this year more than ever Pressure is a word that we're seeing, um, take, take a hold of some of these teams, some of these hosts. And I think it's very easy for an Arizona team who, who has talent. They just don't have experience and they don't have success to be quite, quite frank. They, they would tell you that because of their record, um, and go, go into a seed with nothing to lose and just play with reckless abandon versus being a host like Missouri who knows the expectations and last year wasn't able to fulfill it. And now that pressure has doubled. And so I feel like we're seeing that with a lot of of teams this year, that pressure being the home, the home team, feeling your fans, wanting to do it almost too, too much versus going up there with a free heart, a free mind, and just letting it all on the table and you know that sometimes is a really good place to be
0: yeah I think you've really hit something here I'm kind of calling this world series the prove it world series because look at the teams you've got the teams that were apparently you know based on the video the most angry about where their seating was or lack thereof in Florida and Texas you've got a northwestern team that people weren't really buying coming into the tournament you've got Oregon State who's one of the last four in you've got Arizona who's probably felt disrespect you've got you know, frankly, an Oklahoma State team that wanted to prove that they were, you know, that beating Oklahoma wasn't their Super Bowl. Does that feel like kind of the theme of this postseason? Teams just proving people wrong.
2: One hundred percent, one hundred percent. I don't, I don't know what what's that about because we haven't seen that ever, right? We've seen the the seeds hold. I mean, with with an additional James Madison making a run here or there, and you know, one team, but not not eight or well, not eight, but not six. <laughs> um, so, and like you're talking about Oklahoma state, yes, they're a top eight seed, but I feel like at the beginning of the season, what were they ranked second, third. And so mm-hmm. the expectations have been higher. And like, you're talking about wanting to prove like, Hey, we're, we're a top five team, even though you're not giving us that top five ranking. Um, of course, UCLA and Oklahoma, the powerhouses proving again, like staying the ship credit them. Cause it's incredibly hard especially when you have a team like Duke who could have easily fit this narrative. So credit UCLA and Oklahoma, UCF, same boat, credit those teams for taking care of business, but for the rest of the field, absolutely. I think it's just, Hey, you doubted us and we have nothing to lose. Whereas the team we're playing has almost everything to lose because it's expected and the pressure is getting higher.
0: We're advancing to first here on the Out of the Box podcast with Kenzie Fowler-Quinn, who you can see and hear pretty much everywhere during softball season, former Arizona Wildcat. Don't, you know, just say Arizona, but I'm curious, who poses the biggest threat to OU in the World Series? Could it be Arizona if the pitching stays the way it is, or is the easy answer UCLA?
2: Well, every prediction that I've had for this postseason has been wrong. So it really is. Same
0: here. <laughs> like, <I'm laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, sure. Why not? Because whatever I say is probably going to be the opposite. But um, because I covered them in regionals and I've covered them all season long, I'm going to say UCLA. Uh, they have the pitching. They've The pitching has carried UCLA this entire season. Uh, it The pitching for UCLA has almost done too much at, at some points. So I'm like, you guys got to help out. Foremo and Acevedo a little bit um, and, and step up defensively, step up offensively. And I watched and covered um, their last couple of weekends of PAC. And then I covered their regional against Olmis, LMU, and Grand Canyon. And watching them in a three week span completely flip their offense is very exciting for Bruin fans. They, starting at the top, Kinsley Washington, Brie Perez. Anyways, my Brady, but the bottom of the lineup looks really solid. So if they're swinging the sticks like they are and they can carry that regional and super regional offense into OKC, I'm going to say UCLA because their pitching has not wavered. And with the pitching that they have, they can stay in any ballgame, even with Oklahoma.
0: I like that you mentioned the pitching. It's been the catalyst for them all year. But I think in particular when Megan Faramo goes full machine mode, when that when that switch flips, I don't know if anybody can touch her. And I feel like we saw that in game one against Duke. All of a sudden, just something happened and Duke could do nothing against her. And if she has that ability against Oklahoma, it could be a heck of a ball game.
2: And UCLA is a team, especially when I watched how many games they play, like I'm talking about covering them as a analyst, you have to beat them in the first two innings because they get better as the game goes on. And Megan Framo gets stronger as the game goes on her weakness to be quite frank is the first inning her weakness is, is early in the game because she's wanting to set the tone um sometimes I, i've said this she almost pumps the strike zone too much mm-hmm. to a fault where um she needs to expand it a little bit and, and use her waist pitches and almost pitch backwards but if you can get a run on them in the first or second inning you have a chance but if you can't they are very tough to be because she gets stronger, the hitting gets stronger, in six, seven innings, it's almost impossible to score.
0: I want to talk about uh, Oregon State for just a moment, because it was another team that I saw Alabama beat back in Tucson. I never thought that we would be in a position where they would be in the Women's College World Series, but here they are, and it's been Mariah who who's really led the charge, They were another team that was struggling down the stretch and has found a way here in the postseason. Has it been as simple as Maison leading the charge, or what else is it that's led the Beavers to this point?
2: I'm very surprised that it's this team that's making the the World Series because as a Pac-12 analyst, I have thought they've had some some years before where I thought they were better and had had a chance to make the tournament and, and spoil some people's weekends. Um, there were a couple of years where they didn't get into the tournament. And I thought that was a bummer because I thought they were a team that deserved it. Um, I've been on the Mariah Maison train for five years now, and I've been yelling to anyone that can hear me that she's an all American caliber player that nobody knows about. So um, it starts with her in the circle at the plate batting in the three hole showing off her power in the postseason. Um, because outside of her, this team is incredibly young incredibly young. They have a lot of freshmen, um, a lot of sophomores and I didn't expect it just because of that youth. I was thinking, okay, you know, maybe she can kind of show them the way. And then, um, Sarah Hanging is the number two behind her. Who's very good, uh, can kind of take the ropes and, you know, maybe next year and the year after that really turn this into something. So I'm thrilled that it's this team that's making it through because she deserves it. She's just one of those, one of those players, very similar to me in the SEC of Amia Davidson, mm. who has just quietly put a program on her back. Um, she should get a statue or something because she's now going to be a household name, but has just put in the work. And when things were tough, still staying in the circle through injuries, through teams that maybe weren't as talented, or even right now as a senior with freshmen all around her, she's just leading the way. So. I'm a little less surprised, but not surprised because she's that good. And and she can beat you at the plate or in the circle.
0: And I feel like we've seen over the years, it's hard for one player to lead somebody in the modern game anyway, to a national championship. But I feel like on a run to the world series, we've seen that much more often the last couple of seasons, last five, 10 years. And she fits the bill. I mean, like you said, she, she does it all. And I feel like the people of the world don't know enough about Frankie Hamoudi yet.
2: And yes. in that
0: first weekend, I saw her launch a ball off Montana Fouts. It wasn't even really a bad pitch. And she's been doing that all year long against pitchers.
2: Yeah. She's a hitter, her and Kiki Escobar. I got to throw her name out there too, because their bats at the top of the lineup are, are very underrated. Um, Kiki Escobar was up for PAC 12 freshman of the year. She was at the top of the conversation with Sydney Sanders, just in terms of um, leading the PAC 12 in hits for the majority of the conference. And, Um, out of the left side, very scrappy. And then you have uh, the big bombers and Maison and Hamoudi and they've been swinging it well. So hot at the right time. Of course, that always counts for everything. (laughs) So um, yeah, it's, it's really fun to see this team and um, especially coach Berg, who's been at Oregon state for so long, breaking through, of course, such a legendary person. Anytime I get to cover her, I'm like, this is like on the low key with the greatest softball player of all time. Um, so I'm really happy for her getting back to OKC and, um, and for the Beavers.
0: All right, Kenzie, I'm going to, I'm going to be broad here. Let's look at the entirety of supers. What's one thing that still sticks out at you? What's one thing that is still kind of in your head that you're thinking about from this past weekend?
2: Well, I don't know when this is going to air, but, uh, last night, hello. I've yeah crazy i i've been thinking about it all day watching that northwestern arizona state game um the whole series obviously but just last night because it was just going down to the wire and every pitch i was like on the edge of my seat like i'm either like facetiming my sister and we're like talking it through because i've got to talk to somebody or even i'm bothering my husband even though he's like yeah okay whatever but um, <laughs> i'm like this is insane like i need to i need to vent to somebody because this is the most thrilling late night super regional I may have ever seen. And um, of course, as a, as a Pat girl covering Arizona state this whole season, they've been the team in the conference and to not see them make it to Oklahoma city has got to hurt and it's got to sting doing, and especially at home, doing it at home. Um, Sydney well, Sanders had so many yeah.
0: chances too. I mean, game uh, one, throw home (laughs) game three, stop committing errors. I mean, errors, it felt like Arizona state had it and they of all the hosts, they're the ones that really kind of let it slip away because of their own mistakes.
2: Agreed. Agreed. A lot of defensive errors that, you know, and it's funny because they're such an offensive team. And so uh, you kind of get lost the, um, the importance of defense and defense in the postseason is different than defense in the regular season, just because things are tight, things happen quicker everything has consequence. And unfortunately for Arizona state, a lot of that was exposed and their offense was there. Of course we saw, we saw it, it was the scores, but like you're talking about, had the chances, couldn't do it. Credit Northwestern. They wouldn't go away. I think, you know, I hate to say it, but it's good for the sport to have a different conference in because I mean I hate to say it cuz I'm a pack person but it's good for the sport <laughs> to have a big 10 team represented um especially a team that hasn't been there in a very long time kind of similar to Oregon State so yeah last night had me shook <laughs> I was I was like I can't go to sleep after this cuz super late over here but I was like my brain is I is wired
0: <laughs> Oh I've never FaceTime people so late in my life yes. I just multiple like did you she dropped it and said yes. Blood. Like every, every night there was something that had people talking. And I think also kind of to your point about Maison and Mia Davidson, it's really cool to see Danielle Williams get her chance at the World Series because she's been one of the best pitchers the last couple seasons, one freshman of the year nationally, which you know that's something we've covered on this podcast many times. Is <laughs> that a sore but subject for you? <laughs> a little bit. But okay. this year she's owned it. She has been the player that she looked like she could be earlier in her career. And I'm yeah. glad that she's getting this chance on the biggest stage.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. You're you got that exactly right. You have a and I love to see it, especially with the era that we're in right now and and see players stick things out, do it the hard way, um, grind through the tough stuff and and get rewarded on the back end. And so for Maison, for Williams, even Mia Davidson, getting Mississippi State to a super regional. Are you kidding? Legendary stuff. Legendary would have been so easy for her to leave two years ago would have been so easy. Everybody wanted her. So there's something to be said for that. And um, I think there's going to be a lot of, a lot of first time joy in the world series, which is refreshing to be honest to see players that we've never seen on this stage. Um, we'll never see them again because a lot of them are seniors and I don't know, it's, it's definitely going to be a different world series, but I think it's a refreshing world series.
0: Yeah, if Oklahoma wasn't as dominant as they are, we might be saying, "Who the heck knows what's going to happen mm-hmm. this weekend?" It kind of still feels like it's Oklahoma's to lose, yeah. and that's that's not exactly a bold prediction. But <laughs> um, you never—we've been surprised before, so who knows?
2: <laughs> you know, it is. It's its i honestly I forget about Oklahoma all the time. It sounds sounds so crazy, but they just like okay, it's is automatic, and so there's we're nothing to about, talk about with them. There's nothing to talk about. Nothing. Okay. Jocelyn Allo, she hit another another home run. Great. She's that girl. She's the home run. She does that. Like they shut out another team. Yes, we know they do that. And so we're talking about the parody, the parody, the upsets, the upsets. And then just very quietly in the back of my brain, I'm like, yeah, Oklahoma. Hello. They're still there. They're head and shoulders above everyone else. And so it kind of shakes up the narrative because the parody is on one side and then the Sooners are just Dominating on the other side, so like you're talking about, if Oklahoma wasn't there, it would be just a great time to, I don't know, have a have a lottery ticket. But I still think they're that team, and it's it's theirs if they want it.
0: Kenzie Fowler Quinn joining on the Out of the Box podcast as we advance. the first, Kenzie, before we let you go, let's ask the same question before the World Series. And we've covered a lot of the teams, but but what are you really excited to see this weekend and over these next, gosh, eight days, nine days?
2: Yeah. Um, Well, I will say I'm excited as a pack girl, I've said this like too many times, sorry. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see them spread out. And so I think, I think that's exciting for them to just to see who, who can make a run at this because they're all going to have equal opportunities and the same thing can be said for the big 12. I think it's, it's good that right away, we're not going to see each, each conference, knock themselves out. So I think that adds an excitement level to it, that you're going to be facing new teams, new conferences, and you have equal opportunity to really make a run in the winner's bracket. I'm also very excited to see the new format. I'm excited to see how that affects the losers. And I'm excited to see how that affects the winners because we've had this same bracket for so long and I'm sure it's not going to be perfect, but I love that we're getting the additional days. I think, as a pitcher who pitched in the loser's bracket in 2010, I can vouch to say I was very tired and was frankly out of gas. And that should not be the case when you're at the peak of your career and your peak physical shape. So yay on that, but I'm just excited to see how that affects, you know, pitching stabs. If you extra day of rest, can aces go longer, or are we going to see uh, number twos? I don't know. It's just, that's something I'm keeping my eye on.
0: I think, you know, when we look at the new schedule, a team like Northwestern, I mean, obviously they've got the draw with Oklahoma. That's brutal. But yep. if you win that first game, you've, you're you in a good position to have Danielle Williams actually pitch you to a national championship if you can keep winning because of where the breaks fall. Yes. I, I think to your point also, where it becomes interesting is a team like Oklahoma State, you know, do they keep throwing Maxwell? Do they put Morgan Day in who's pitched so well this year? There, there are a lot of buttons to push for all these coaches.
2: Yeah, so that's, that's where it gets into the chess match because when you're playing in back-to-back days, it's a little bit of more of an automatic, you know, Kelly Maxwell day one, okay. Morgan day game two, or same thing with Framo Acevedo. And so these coaches, like this is the time, who are you putting on the line, especially with an extra day of rest. So we'll see how, how the bullpens and the benches are utilized or not utilized either way. (laughs) Coaching
0: might be at the forefront. This year in the Women's College World Series. Kenzie Fowler Quinn joining us here on the Out of the Box podcast. Kenzie, I will see you in Oklahoma City. Alabama might not be there, but I will be. And uh, it's going to be a fun time. This is my favorite event to go to, no matter the sport, every single year. I feel like this year in particular, with a lot of hungry fan bases, the crowds are going to be dynamic. I'm I'm super pumped. This is going to be quite the week.
2: I'm really excited to see new fans maybe coming to Oklahoma City or even just watching from home that maybe wouldn't be because their team's not in it. So again, good for the sport, seeing new people, seeing new faces. I feel like Arizona of course is not a new face, but like in this era, it's a completely different era, new head coach, new players. It feels like a new face. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of storylines and um, excited, excited to see you there.
0: Let's go. I know it's going to be fun. Kinsey yeah. Fowler Quinn. Thanks for joining us. You bet. So that was Kenzie Fowler Quinn. Tom's here now. Hello, um, Tom. I think that, you know, like we talked about with Kenzie, this feels like the the prove it World Series. There are so many teams who you felt like were disrespected either by seeding or just by people not even considering them at all who yeah. are one of the final eight teams. And yeah. that makes this one of the more interesting Women's College World Series ever. Like, I think we're all of the assumption that Oklahoma is going to win. Yeah. But the path that it will take to that ending is going to be winding and fun yeah just wild
1: i think mean, yeah oklahoma is by far the far and away odds on favorite to win this thing now but with everybody else being eliminated <laughs> but, <you> know, <laughs> all the teams right. are
0: like they can give them around yeah, and they're
1: out right so i mean they you know they they have the inside track for sure and they have the most talent but the other seven teams It's as equal as I've ever seen it. Yeah. So it's going to be amazing to watch them play, if nothing else, to see who ends up losing to Oklahoma. But it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. who
0: knows? Maybe somebody gets a wild hair.
1: Yeah. We've seen
0: it happen before,
1: literally last year. Yeah. No one gave gave JMU a chance to beat Oklahoma. And they did once, and they had an opportunity to beat them twice. So we'll see what happens. But, yeah, this is definitely a chance for a lot of teams that people weren't thinking of teams like Texas who had just god awful stretches throughout the year <laughs> were not good and you know and put it together at the right time so we'll see what happens well how about we
0: take a look at it okay you're ready to do it when Let's we come go. back we will steal second because we've got the sign and we'll look at the day side this is like the the tough part this is where mm-hmm. the seeded teams are this is where we've got the potential for that Oklahoma UCLA game we'll break it all down when we get back here on the other box podcast back to the show, Ray Robertson Tom Canterbury. We're stealing second, looking at the day side of the Women's College World Series. So, again, we talked about it earlier. This is the ABC portion of the bracket. You've got an ABC game on Saturday at 2 o'clock. That's the winner's game. And the loser's bracket game Sunday at 2 o'clock, both on ABC. Look, if you love softball, but you don't love the teams, still watch the game. If you don't love softball, but you love Alabama softball, turn it on. As high as those ratings can go, people, because the more people that watch these ABC games, the more chances regular season and conference tournament games will get these ABC time slots. And I guarantee you, at some point, Alabama will be a part of that discussion in those ABC windows. So everybody tune in. I'm just I'm saying it. Do it. You don't even have to watch just Turn on the TV. <laughs> Plug your nose and just and just watch it. You'll
1: and by the end, it'll be similar to like what we talked about in the first segment, where you'll get sucked in, even though it's not oh. Alabama. It'll be like, okay, now I'm going to, I got to watch this. Now.
0: The games are going to be good. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the first game on Thursday, I can't believe it's already coming up. Mm-hmm. How did we get here?
1: The season, <laughs>
0: we were just in Tucson. Yes. Amazingly. Uh, first game of the Women's College World Series, 11 a.m. Central Time on ESPN, is UCLA and Texas. How did just, we get to this point? Just like we all thought. UCLA gets past Duke two nothing. That actually went out kind of like I called it early, and then I didn't stick with it. My super's picks, but UCLA won tight game one, blew up in game two. The best super I watched from start to finish. I know a lot of people are talking about Northwestern, Arizona State, Texas over Arkansas in three. Each one of those games, the tension was ridiculous even in game one which arkansas kind of blew open was zero zero until the fifth right those were three incredible games and texas is playing to their full potential right now they are playing like a team that can do something special in this tournament
1: yeah i i thought the performance by Haley Dosini mm. was just a, a, another world that was like that that is what you know, those type of pitchers can do in those type of situations. And for her to be able to fight through injury, to fight through everything she did and to hold an Arkansas offense. And we all know how good that offense yes. is and be able to lead her team to a super regional win on the road. Hmm. Just, you know, hats off to the, at her, the entire Texas uh,
0: team, Sophia Simpson throwing that right. game through. Oh I mean, man. What the heck? A freshman?
1: Yo. It would have been very easy for Texas with whatever was going on with them in February for them to just kind of fold the tents and, you know, we'll just kind of give up on the year. They didn't do that. And, you know, to, first of all, going on the road and winning in Seattle at Washington, which doesn't happen,
0: doesn't happen. No,
1: you don't do that. Uh, And then, (laughs) and then go to Arkansas and win that series to go to Oklahoma city with
0: people hanging from the rooftops around Vogel. The atmosphere was incredible.
1: Just uh, unbelievable. So great job for them. Question I have for you, and it's one that we brought and I brought up in, in one of the text threads that we have.
0: Which one I there's know, there's so, so many. many.
1: Right. Okay, so you're looking at Arkansas in the last two years. Arkansas in the last two years, some of these are shared, but in the last two years, Arkansas has two conference championships, two SEC coaches of the year, two SEC Pitchers of the Year, SEC player of the year this year, and two super regional hosts and zero trips to oklahoma city all right is it to
0: the point now we're talking about arkansas underachieving it's hard for me to say yes because i didn't expect them to get those right so i, I think in the arkansas context i would say no i think in the greater softball context like if it if you took away the name and you listed all that out i think you could make a case yes it also begs the question is it Gonna be a trend because you know what do I always say? Once it happens, twice it's a thing. Three times it's a trend. We've now seen it twice where Arkansas couldn't finish the deal at home, and this was a by far more talented team than last year. Right? um They top to bottom they had it all. I mean the the offense was there one through nine. Everybody scared you. The pitching one two punch, one of the best in the country in Delson. Half could could
1: make the case they had the best chance if they were to match up with Oklahoma. I yeah to, to be able to hang with them.
0: And it just, it didn't happen this year. And I I think we'll dig more into that in the season four finale, when we look at who's leaving and who's staying. And by then we might even have some portal news. You know, that's a, that's a full week and a half away, two weeks. It's an interesting question about what Arkansas is going to be next year. And if I know Courtney Diefel and we've talked about her for years and how she's one of our favorites, she's going to be able to build them back next year. But this, this one's going to sting because it feels like they had it yeah. and, and it just kind of slipped away.
1: And like we talked about with Alabama, you know, Alabama's not going to do exactly the same thing they did moving forward that yeah. they did this year. What does Arkansas have to change to be able to finish the job and get themselves up on the city? I know that's something we're going to talk about moving forward, but just something that came to my mind as Texas comes through, not only having just beat Washington, but then being Arkansas coming through as an unseated team that was set up for Arkansas to be able to win.
0: Also, shout out to Janae Jefferson. I have called her the most immensely watchable player in college softball right now because literally anytime a ball is hit in her direction, anytime she's at the plate, anytime she's on base, my eyes are glued. Yeah. I, I cannot look away. And the catches that she made, the stops that she made in the infield, some of the big time hits to spark rallies, it was it was just fun to watch. And yeah. I'm glad that she gets this chance in the World Series against a team like UCLA to, to really show her stuff. I, I think if on paper you look at it, the number five overall seed with UCLA and an unseeded Texas team, who's Texas, but, I mean, Texas doesn't have near the history of the Bruins. I, I think on paper you might think this is a blowout. In reality, this feels like it's going to be an epic ball game. Yeah, no, I, I, I for sure think it's going to be a very close one. I think
1: Texas is going to need their stars. You know, they're going to need Dulcini. They're going to need Jefferson. Mary's going to have to do well. They're, going to, they're, they're going to have to have really good performances from their stars uh, to be able to beat a team like UCLA.
0: The other interesting side note there, UCLA has seen Haley Dulcini a good amount because of her time at Fresno State. They saw her in regionals last year. So does that help them against her? Does Mike White Trust Sophia Simpson to get the ball. My guess is if Dulcini can go, you give her the ball. But there are just a lot of little interesting storylines in there um, between the Longhorns and the Bruins, and that's the first game of the day. Right. So wake up and buckle in. (laughs) That's going to be a great way to get things started in OKC. All right, next game on the day side at 1.30 p.m. Central Time on ESPN is Oklahoma, the number one overall seed, and number nine seed, Northwestern. Now, Oklahoma did what they were supposed to do. They swept UCF a run rule, and a game that was 7-1 in game two. UCF looked overmatched, frankly, yeah. uh, from start to finish, and Oklahoma did what they had to do. They got through regionals. They got through supers. They did it with a pretty pretty solid offense still. Uh, solid is really undercutting it. <laughs> right. uh, great pitching performances from the other two, and most importantly, they really weren't pressed without Jordy Ball, and now I think all eyes turn to Patty Gasso and to this team to see if Ball – will appear in the women's college world series. It's amazing that Oklahoma is to the level where if Jordy ball doesn't pitch, they are
1: still like the far and away favorite. Yeah. Game. Still
0: pretty comfortable. Right.
1: Uh, yeah. You're looking at so far in the postseason for OU uh, outside of that one really close game with Texas A&M that we referenced earlier uh, really have had no, no real little trouble with anybody. I would say if you have a, a situation where they have runners on second and third, and Jocelyn Allo is coming to the plate. Walker. Just go ahead and put her on base. Walker. Oh, my gosh. There
0: is a difference between pitching, like, bravely it, yeah. and pitching stupidly. Right, yeah. And UCF was stupid a couple times against Allo. I appreciate trying to say that we're not
1: scared, but you should be scared there. of Jocelyn Allo. I'm, and, I'm
0: willing to say, right. I will say it, right. the best hitter of all time. <laughs> I mean, come on, She's definitely the best home run hitter of yes. all time
1: literally leads all the stats that prove <laughs> there, that there is uh, evidence right. out the wazoo to back it up i mean walker you walk barry bonds in that situations so you you walk jocelyn Allo. so uh i have a feeling that if that situation comes up in
0: okc uh, we will see some intentional walks to jocelyn Allo. i certainly hope so well danielle williams is used to throwing the pitches and we'll see how they decide to attack jocelyn Allo because we assume Rightfully, it will be Danielle Williams for Northwestern getting the ball in the circle. Why do I say that? Because she threw, like, literally every inning but two in the Tempe Super Regional against Arizona State. Two of those games went to extras. Drama beyond belief in games that ended well after midnight our time. It was fun to watch. And, you know, in the days of staffs, Northwestern – did it the old-fashioned way. They did it with one arm leading them through the Evanston Regional and through the Tempe Super Regional.
1: Yeah, and, that, and they named, got the nickname Cardiac Cats because they numerous times they were down late in ball games and came back to force extra innings to win an extra innings against a team like Arizona State, which I thought had a great chance to make a run in OKC if they got there. This is one of those situations where, again, talent-wise, Oklahoma outmatches Northwestern. But the way that Northwestern plays, I can certainly see this being a close game.
0: Northwestern is the kind of team that's just not going to go away. We have seen it since February, since that win over UCLA. There's just something about them. And yeah. there was something last year about James Madison. As I
1: said, they got a little bit of James Madison yeah, in them. So, and so, yeah, that's not who Oklahoma wants to see. No. And if Northwestern is able to knock Oklahoma into the loser's bracket early, again, you could still come out and win it like they did last year but you know that opens
0: up this
1: already wide open world series
0: and with the new bracket we talked about this earlier uh, with Kinsey it makes it a much easier road for Northwestern with the days off built in if you keep winning so that Daniel Williams can be the person to throw every pitch because if they're having to play back to back to back to back because they fall to the losers bracket yeah the the road gets much tougher yeah before we move on and start to round third, we didn't talk about regionals because, again, we had stuff going on. Dang it. Stop bugging us. Was there anything from the regionals here that you wanted to touch on? I think that the, really the one storyline that jumps out was LSU going 0-2 in Tempe. Uh, a real surprise. It shows the dangers of talking too much, I think. Yeah. And if you don't know what we're talking about, Twitter is a heck of a drug. Mm. Um, that, to me, was kind of the only thing that, surprised me on this side more or less this side of the bracket was pretty cut and dry
1: yeah everything else kind of went as we thought we already talked about it. a little surprise that texas was able to beat washington in seattle i, I thought like yeah surprise she went 0-2 uh props I'll miss for for hanging around uh, other than that it went pretty much the way we thought it was going to
0: okay i feel good about that yeah do you want to get weird because the right side of the bracket is weird right as yeah. we know Things didn't go the way we thought over on the right side. The rounding third segment might be double the amount of time we just spent stealing second. The rounding third, we have tripped and fallen. (laughs) Well, let's do it. Why not? (laughs) When we come back, we'll round third and look at the right side of the bracket, the night side of the Women's College World Series, and all the crap that happened to get to that point. That's next here on the Out of the Box Podcast. back to the out of the box podcast timed round third great world series coming up do we have to talk about this side of the bracket if we do it's our it's I mean, our journalistic sorry yeah, we're not yeah, journalists right uh it, it is though i i think a fun side because Ooh. like what the hell right I, nothing makes sense uh these are the night games at the women's college world series if if, if you had no dog in the fight this is the side of the bracket to watch oh for sure unfortunately we had a dog in the fight yeah it it didn't go well did not bark loudly enough no the first game on the night side at 6 p.m central time on espn this will be kevin brown amanda scarborough uh, and i believe andrea carter day session will be the usual gang bimo michelle smith doza holly rowe the whole gang um, BMO, Schmitty, everybody, everybody oh, else will oh, be at a desk. It'll yes. be great. I'm staying in an Airbnb with a couple of them, which is going to be a part Wow. Of- so if we don't hear from Gray, we know what's happening. <laughs> Nightside game one is Florida and Oregon State. For- of course it is. Florida, of course it is. Florida, <laughs> Florida, the number 14 national seed. They get here after going to Blacksburg and just shellacking Virginia Tech in mm. game three. Hokies, pretty, pretty good in game one. A 6-0 win. Gators come back win game two. That wasn't really a surprise to us. The way Florida won game three, though, I'm not about to say Florida is going to win a national championship. But watching that game on Sunday, I, I saw a team that was finally playing up to the potential that we knew they had this year. And with Tim Walton coaching them and pressing the right buttons, it seems like right now, this Gators team is real dangerous.
1: Yeah, they are. And I mean, at any point this year, like even two weeks ago, If you'd have told me Florida Mm. was going to be the only SEC team to make it to Oklahoma City, I would have said, you are insane. (laughs) Like, there's no chance. No. Not not just because, you know, everybody else in the SEC was good, but that Florida had shown no sign that they would be able to sustain that level of play over a, you know, to win regionals and super regionals. Had no no thought that that was going to be the case. They certainly, pitching-wise, had not shown that. They may be playing the best out of the four. Yeah. Along with their talent. I mean, just a a dominating performance against one of the best pitching staffs in the entire country. And to be able to, you know, Keely Richard in her final games as a Hokie in Blacksburg just got lit up.
0: It was kind of sad. Yeah. Honestly, I felt for her in that game three. Gave up nine runs, eight earned, and I think it was two and a third, two and two thirds maybe. And Florida, interestingly enough, really utilized Lexi Delbray in the two wins. Started both game two and game three. Elizabeth Hightower took the loss in game one. So if you're Florida against an Oregon State team that you probably know who you're going to get, it's going to be Mariah Mazan in the circle. Do you throw the freshman to start off the Women's College World Series? I mean, she she has pitched the best in some of those big
1: time situations. I mean... We saw her go, you know, head to head with Lexa Kilfoyle in the game in, in, in Gainesville. Yeah. the It was eight innings before Alabama was finally able to get to her. So
0: there's definitely evidence to show that she might be the play. So interesting. This is this is one of the more fascinating Florida teams I can remember because the way that they win is so different from everybody else in this field, right? in this World Series field. And, and I'm curious to see if it works, honestly. And, you know, maybe it's a formula of what can still work in this game because right now everybody's talking about power, power, power. That's not how Florida does it. Right. And I'm just fascinated to see how it pans out in this kind of format. Yeah. They will take on the Oregon state Beavers. Mm. One of the last four teams in is one of the final eight standing. That's crazy to me. A lot of props to Laura Berg and Mariah Mazan and Frankie Hamoudi, but how the heck did this happen? At one point this year had a 10 game losing streak. 10 games
1: in a row. <laughs> that is quite the trend. That is like, wow. The ultimate flip. Yes. But I will say when Alabama saw Oregon state week one out in Tucson, you and I were both impressed. With yeah. Uh, we thought that they were going, they had a chance to contend for not necessarily contend for the pack 12, but contend to bust out of that middle of the pack. I Pac-12. think
0: we both declared them tournament, t- a tournament team right. during that game. I'm, I'm pretty sure we said that.
1: Yeah. But here's you, know, you look at it. Oregon State not only you know had the had the losing streak was when the last ones in, they got matched up with Stanford in the super regionals so it had never happened before. Happened twice this season where two unseeded teams were matched up in super regionals. They weren't even hosting that. Yeah, <laughs> and they went and they went to the farm and 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 swept Stanford right out. And you know Stanford on on the high of going to Tuscaloosa and winning. So really impressive performance by oregon state to get in this situation and you know if you're if you're oregon state you know you're playing with house money oh my gosh you're not supposed to be here so
0: who cares let's just just go just go out there and and, you know might as well we're here so we'll see what happens i know i'm not supposed to be rooting for anybody but i think if i had to pick a team it's hard not to get behind these beavers oh yeah because like you said like they're not supposed to be here they they're not the most talented team in this part of the bracket by like a mile right but here they are. Yeah. And I, the Frankie Hamudi of it all. I'm, I cannot wait to see Mariah Maison on the big stage as Kenzie Fowler talked about. She's earned this. Yeah. Uh, she's a great story. It's going to be really exciting to, to see these Beavers in action and as well as Florida's playing, don't think the Gators are about to just roll over Oregon state. And no. this is another one of those games I look at and say, probably pretty tight Florida might pull away late. We'll make picks later, but It's hard not to see Oregon State as the darlings of this World Series. You could argue this is a more miraculous Cinderella story than what JMU did to get to the World Series last year.
1: Oh, yeah. I I agree with that 100%. Both them and Arizona, both. Yes. So I know we are talking about Arizona in just a minute, but my gosh. Uh, Oregon State in this situation, I think this is going to be one against Florida where either Oregon State needs to be in the lead or needs to be 0-0 in like the third or fourth inning that, you know, that they can't afford for Florida to come out and put two or three up in the first inning because then, then it could get out of hand quickly. If it's still a game after sec- or second or third inning, still 0-0, if Oregon State has a lead at that point, then it could be, you know, Katie by the door for the Beavers.
0: The next game in the night side, Oklahoma State, the number seven overall seed in Arizona. <laughs> 8.30 Central Time on ESPN. We,
1: we made the joke last year. <laughs> we kept saying, you no, know, there must be some mistake. You are saying Georgia is here in the Women's College World Series. There must be some mistake you're saying Arizona's in the tournament period and then they go to Missouri who was playing you know as hot as almost anybody in the country you
0: know I okay. declare that regional one of the easier ones right
1: and easy they go to Missouri egg and, on my face right and win that one and then get mad and then it's okay well they okay they upset Missouri well now they're gonna have to go to Tallahassee and Florida State's obviously just gonna destroy them Florida State loses twice to Mississippi State's on championship sunday which i maintain the biggest upset maybe in the tournament's history period
0: i'd have to go that's a graham hayes question right like, I, I need graham to break this down well you'll, you'll be um, up there with him so you I'll, can talk I'll see to him, if right? i can i'll see if i can find an answer because i'm right. with you like just thinking back you know that's, supers the easy answer is hawaii over alabama um there are others but georgia over florida right.
1: there's you know 16s beat the one in supers
0: but in regionals mm.
1: It would have been one thing had somebody beat Florida State and they were trying to have to beat Mississippi State twice. Mississippi State had to beat them twice and did it. The fact that Arizona... – Five-nothing and four-three, by the way. It was, it was
0: Mississippi State's pitching
1: right. that led the way. Uh, and then Arizona has to go on the road to Sartville in that Supers and and eliminates Mississippi State. The Arizona team, like we talked about, was 0-8, and 0-9, whatever it was in the Pac-12 to start off the year. I think they got in because they're Arizona resume wise. I'm not sure. There might've been a couple of teams that still should have been in over Arizona. And because Arizona's in the world series, that doesn't necessarily, you know, it doesn't absolve the committee from putting them in there, but they, they took advantage of their opportunity yeah. for sure. And they are through and playing as well as anybody right now.
0: Oklahoma state gets through Clemson yeah. relatively easily. Yeah. You know, Oklahoma State did a kind of ho-hum. <laughs> yeah, like they were the first team to go to Oklahoma right. City. It, yeah, They got through Stillwater without a ton of pressure. Nebraska gave them a little bit of a game. Kelly Maxwell looked phenomenal against right. Clemson. Like, watching her, there was a moment where I was sitting there going, is this the best pitcher in the country? Clemson could not touch her yeah. all weekend long. And I, I still have a couple concerns about the offense and a couple defensive concerns. Things as well Um, but if kelly maxwell is pitching the way she did in supers this is an oklahoma state team that can win a national championship i'm just gonna say it
1: yeah i'm gonna say with maxwell pitching as well as she is if she's able to continue that that they are the favorite on this side of the bracket seed wise everything else you know i think they have the best chance they have a they have a win over oklahoma Mm. if it's oklahoma and oklahoma state for the national championship in okc oh my gosh
0: I will be having to stand
1: in outside the state. I won't be able to get in. Like, yeah, like just sleep there. Don't even try to <laughs> drive in that next day because we can. We've talked you imagine? About that. Oh my gosh!
0: Holy cow! I and would... I think
1: it would be. A, I think it would be darn good. I think oh, it'd yeah. be a really good. It may be the best chance for somebody to beat Oklahoma. Would be Oklahoma State. It would be like Alabama playing Auburn for the national
0: championship in Atlanta. I, I'm telling you that. <laughs> I kind of want to see it. That's oh man, that would be. Fun, dark fun. Yeah, I'm here I for mean, it. Yeah, so
1: it's in, especially like after it happens, if they was, you know, Oklahoma's like, you know, I think it's time to join the SEC
0: and just go ahead and like, <laughs> we're out.
1: <laughs> just, just deuces them out.
0: But also it's fun because let's say the two seeded teams win. You got Florida, Oklahoma State, and that's got stuff there oh, too. Yeah. Kenny Gajewski used to coach at Florida, Joey Cottrell, the Florida transfer catching for Oklahoma state. Yeah. You know, that's a matchup we've seen a lot. I feel like at the world mm-hmm. series the last couple seasons. So absolutely. Th- this night side, just because it's not getting the ABC treatment doesn't mean there's not some good intrigue on in this of fun, part of the brand.
1: Lots of fun stories there. And like we talked about the same thing with Oregon state. I think you got the same thing with Arizona, Arizona. Hey, no one thought we were going to be here. Let's, you know, we have nothing to lose but they also have the history of saying, you know what? Also we're freaking Arizona.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We might not have,
0: they won- have people who've been to the world series.
1: Right. And they, could they can say, you know, we may not have supposed to have been here, but we are supposed to be here because we're Arizona and we're yeah. going to out there and prove it. So I think there's, there is a scenario and I think a good storyline for any one of these four teams to come out.
0: Totally agree. Let's look at this side of the bracket regionals wise. <laughs> I know I'm sorry. Uh, we got to do it. All right. Um, Things that stick out. One, the Blacksburg Regional was as stupid as I thought it would be. Uh, (laughs) Kentucky, I kind of felt for them. They had it and just let it slip away. But Miami of Ohio gave Virginia Tech a great shot. Oh, yeah. Kentucky was right there. If Blacksburg was a war as we expected it
1: was a little bit you know early on I was a little bit disappointed in Miami Ohio but then they really turned it on at the second part of that regional
0: oh you mean uh, when Kentucky beat them 15 to 1 <laughs> a, little, a little disappointed in the Red Hawks then but yeah they came they came on strong and had I mean had Virginia Tech yeah had them right. Gainesville went pretty much as expected yeah Knoxville oh that just that derailed real quick Yeah. It looked like the Ashley Rogers show was full steam ahead. And then she got pulled in the first game against Oregon state. And then the second game, all Aaron Edmondson, it it begs the question, did something happen to Ashley Rogers in this first Oregon state game? You know, she, she got the start, gave up a run, which she did not do the day before when an inning and a third and whatever happened gave Oregon State the momentum to get out of that and Tennessee offensively and you know, we talked about the offensive issues Alabama certainly had those as well but Tennessee's popped up yet again at a terrible time
1: right yeah and that i mean that was the story of a lot of teams seasons and Tennessee was one of them but you know like i talked about earlier with Mississippi State beating Florida State twice not quite as big of an upset but it still pretty monumental that oregon state was able to beat lady balls twice on championship sunday
0: i never thought there was a prayer i mean right. actually Rodgers there's a shutout the day before you're like this it's uh, over right and i was it, this was stunning to me yeah really stunning
1: i actually picked tennessee not to come out of that regional but i had ohio state winning and not oregon state but um wrong osu wrong osu it's okay. which
0: happens all the time Yes. Mm. Beavers and Buckeyes. Oh my. Stillwater, pretty chalky. Clemson, Clemson ran that one. I think you can again look at another SEC team who just couldn't score in the NCAA tournament, the Columbia regional, Missouri, a combined five runs in four games at home in their own regional as a 15 national seed. Just surprising. Out of nowhere.
1: For not winning it, they were played as well as anybody else in the SEC tournament. Um, was on a roll, really surprising, you know, to the point where, I mean, they went from not hosting to hosting probably with that performance down the stretch oh,
0: to where I actually thought they were seated a little bit lower than they probably should have been. Yeah. When the bracket came out, I had them as I think a 13 or 14 mm-hmm.
1: uh, and then, you know, to lose twice to Arizona you know, on the same day, but um, got knocked out overall. And maybe the story of the entire tournament so far has frankly been the underachievement of the sec which yeah. definitely not something we saw coming
0: first time since 2007, only one sec team has been at the world series, which is right. shocking.
1: Yeah. So, you know, there, there's so many different things happen, which is again, kind of along the same lines of the portal conversation we were having earlier. If you're an Alabama fan, you know, take a look and have just have a little bit of perspective on it. It wasn't just Alabama. it like the entire conference just kind of, kind of struggled. Yeah. You know, down the stretch. And uh, we saw some really good offenses this
0: year. Uh, but couldn't ever do it consistently we'll dive more into that in the season four finale when we look at the league as a whole who's leaving who's staying portaling all that jazz the conference is going to go through a interesting facelift next season with coaching moves and a lot of really talented players graduating missouri's losing a lot of folks so uh, stay tuned for that whenever the season four finale comes out finally last regional i want to touch on is tallahassee i know we talked about earlier but uh, I, I just want to, again, credit Samantha Ricketts. We have talked for four years about how it would be a shame if Mia Davidson ended her career in regionals. And of all the years <laughs> for the Bulldogs to get out of it, I never would have thought it would be at two-seed Florida State. No. But the pitching was there. The offense was there. Samantha Ricketts did a great job. Again, not to sound like a broken record, but she's one of our favorites, and we talk with her. And I'm really happy for her and for that program to get to host a Super's, a big-ass deal, oh, yeah. and uh, I, I'm interested to see what they can do with this going forward because this program, this Bulldogs program, is in an uncharted territory right, right. now.
1: Yeah, I mean, they they have had just, you know, singular great players in their history before. Uh, Mia Davidson, one of those, but now will they be able to parlay this type of momentum into, people might not have even thought of Mississippi State before, but then saw this and kind of put them on their radar and recruiting wise freshman as well. We'll see what happens. But you you look at this Tallahassee regional, if you were to say, okay, Florida State's gonna get upset. Mississippi State would not have been the team I was South missing. Florida. Georgina Coric just like, went on a roll and pitched South Florida through. It was
0: Mississippi State. Mm. It's incredible. And yeah. for Florida State, a stunningly disappointing ending. Um, I still contend one of the best teams in the country, but for whatever reason, on that one day, yeah, that was a bad time to have a bad day against Mississippi State. And man, that, it's just surprising for the team that was known as the clutch team, the team that people were picking to win their national championships right. because of the fact that if the game's on national TV, you can chalk up a win for Florida State uh, for it to end in regionals at home is the ultimate plot twist. Yeah, definitely
1: did not see that coming
0: at all. OK, so that's the right side. Tom, let's say hey, we make some picks. Oh, good. What could go wrong? Sure. Who could get mad at us on Twitter now? <laughs> Who is not paying us to this podcast but demanding it be there? <laughs> That's next when we head home here on the Out of the Box Podcast. We'll be right back. <sighs> Welcome back to the Out of the Box Podcast. It's time to head home. On the show, Craig Robertson, Tom Canterbury. What we've done, we started at the plate and talked about the Alabama Crimson Tide. Then we advanced the first, spoke with Kinsey Fowler-Quinn from ESPN, Pac-12 Network, Arizona. She was a great time and a lot of good World Series insight. Cannot wait to see her this week. We stole second and looked at the day side of the Women's College World Series, and we rounded third and looked at the night side. And now, Tom, it's time to head home and make some picks. How do we want to do this? How did we do in supers? Well, you won. Hey, You got four exactly right. I got two exactly right. We both correctly picked four of the eight teams. Amazingly. Um, But your four, you nailed. And my four, uh, two of them, I did not get the number right. So therefore, you win super. So great job. Thank you very much. And so now we try our best to look at the World Series. And we'll (laughs) we'll see how that goes. Yeah, we'll not go the full way. Um, We'll mainly just pick kind of the first couple games. But... We'll give it our best shot starting mm-hmm. off with the morning side games on Thursday, UCLA, Texas, Tom, as winner of supers, you're up first. Oh, thank you very much. I get the honors off the tee. I would also like to point out Uh-oh. that
1: my uh, gold mine from way back in the day, I actually undershot. You did. Cause I, <laughs> I said that were going to be four super regional hosts, not make it to the world series. There were five. Stupid. What a,
0: What What the hell? (laughs) And don't worry, we will do a full recalibration of Landline Goldbine on the season four finale, which will be coming out in a couple weeks before I go to the FGCL, and it will be jam-packed. But more on that later. Okay, all right. Picks, please, Tom. Game number
1: one is UCLA and Texas. I am going to say UCLA wins late.
0: I'm with you. Megan Farama went full machine in the Super Regional. And when she, as I was talking about with Kenzie... When she turns that switch, Mm -hmm. get out of the way. You're not doing squat against Mm -hmm. her. Not only is she doing it in the circle, she had the clutch two RBI single in that first game against Duke. Unnecessary as it may be, pitchers hitting what? (laughs) That's an inside joke. How dare they? Somewhere Nathan Sheehan is laughing. Deep cut. I when she goes into that mode, UCLA is not going to be stopped. With you, Oklahoma Northwestern. I'm going to pick Oklahoma, but. Don't be shocked if this is squirrely. If there's a little uneasiness for the Sooner Faithful. I, again, I'm probably not even going to pick that. I'll just go ahead and say Oklahoma wins like 7-1 or something right. like that. But I would not be surprised if Northwestern makes this interesting.
1: If Oklahoma's only up like 2-1 in the sixth inning, Northwestern could easily win that game. For sure. If if Oklahoma's up 7-0 early, then yeah, it's over. But, I mean, if, if Northwestern – Their job is to keep it, keep it within striking distance until the end and and help you get a a big hit late, which they've been able to do a lot this year. So uh, I'm with you. I think Oklahoma wins, but I would not be just stunned if Northwestern pulls a JMU on them.
0: Okay. So we've got the same winner's bracket game. We'll get to that in just a moment. Let's look night side, Florida, Oregon state. Is it leave it to Beaver or is it Tim Walton time? Because Florida, something happens in the postseason. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Can we drink it? I don't know. <laughs> but this is an interesting clash of styles and teams who are both hot and who both probably feel like they have nothing to lose. Like Florida's probably saying, "You know what? We're just yeah. We're just doing us. We're doing our thing.
1: Just doing our thing. That's what they do." I'm kind of picking this because I don't see the way this year has been. I don't think we have four games where the favored higher seeded team wins all all four there's going to be an upset on day one somewhere and i think it comes here i'm going to go oregon state
0: yeah i the florida pitching does it hold up to me that seems to be the whole because knowing how storylines work it's hard for me to see both unseeded teams losing (laughs) on this side and so i think well which pitching staff is more likely to get got by an oregon state or an arizona and i lean florida's I'm going to pick Oregon State too. I, wow. I, I think that there is still a chance that Florida goes on a run through the losers bracket, but I, I'm kind of playing the percentages here. And I feel like the odds of Oregon State beating Florida are higher than Arizona beating Oklahoma State. Yeah. Which means I am picking Oklahoma State to beat Arizona. And it looks like you agree.
1: Yeah, I am too. And I think Oklahoma State is kind of along the lines of I don't know what y'all are talking about with this being a crazy year. We're doing everything like we're supposed to. Everything's gone according to plan on our end. Uh, and I think they're able to keep it going. Then you'll see a little bit of the Arizona magic run out here, and we'll go with the Cowgirls.
0: So, losers bracket. This is kind of the new thing. Teams are being eliminated quicker. Right. <laughs> so, seasons are ending much faster.
1: There's not, because it used to be if you were, if you lose on day one, you got day two off, and then you had to play right day three. Uh, now, if you lose on day one, you got to play again on day two. And the two teams that are 0-2 are gone in two days. Right, so your stay in OKC could be very, very
0: short. No piano bar for no. you. No. Oh, goodness. So first elimination game would be Texas and Northwestern. And I'll go first. All right. I think I'm going to take Texas. This feels like a complete toss-up. And I'm just going with Janae Jefferson- not wanting to be 0-2 at the World Series. I don't know. I could say the exact same thing about Daniel Williams. Right. Gut, I'm going to say Texas. I think I'm going to say Northwestern. Okay.
1: Again, I think it's going to be where, you know, I don't think it's the second day where pitchers wear down. I think it's the third day. Uh, So I think Daniel Williams is going to be able to have another really good outing. I think she'll do well against Oklahoma in day one, not be able to get the victory, uh, but I think they're going to be able to get Couple hits late and the Cardiac Cats will be able to get get through
0: Texas and stay alive. Okay. Loser's bracket on the night side. We both got Florida Arizona. And this one feels pretty easy if this is the matchup. I know who I'm taking. You're up first. Who you got?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go Florida. Yeah,
0: same. And it's kind of, it's kind of a shame that I'm picking Arizona to go oh and two because the run feels more deserving than that kind of finish. But if it's Florida. They are the kind of team that I just don't foresee an o2 run right they're, they're gonna win a game in this in this tournament
1: with you with you
0: okay winners bracket back up top you're first now UCLA Oklahoma Oh. ABC by the
1: way this right. is
0: what the people want
1: this, this this is what everybody is hoping is going to be the matchup although I mean I think ABC'd be okay with Texas Oklahoma here too because of the match you know the that's true, too that I think there's gonna be it, it can be a lot of fun but yeah. OU, uh, OU and UCLA doesn't get more blue blood than that in the, in the women's college world series. I, I, I think just Oklahoma is going to have too much offense for them. Even if Ramo is in that machine mode, Oklahoma's faced numerous pitchers that have been in that mode and said, let me introduce you to Jocelyn Allo and company. Yeah. Uh, so I think Oklahoma is going to be able to get it done.
0: I feel like if OU were to lose, this would be the time, but I don't want to piss off Oklahoma fans ahead of my non-biased coverage of the Women's College World Series. I,
1: I can't wait for your first coverage, your first article on the lucky OU <laughs> Sooners lucking their way into OKC. Yeah,
0: I'm picking Oklahoma. Fortunate. <laughs> just,
1: the ball bounces their way.
0: Every time. <laughs> it just bounces 400 feet.
1: Over the food trucks in center field.
0: <laughs> I'm taking OU. I, at this point, I'm not bold enough to pick at OU losing. No. We'll see if it happens, but I, I cannot just bring myself to do it. No.
1: I mean, I, I've been talking, you know, I've talked all year long. I would take the field. I was taking the field over Oklahoma. I'm, it's hard for me to do it. <laughs> I would feel
0: point. more comfortable just saying the field than having to identify when Oklahoma's going right. to lose. Yeah. Because I can talk myself out of it with each team. Sure. They
1: oh, yes. Yeah. 100%.
0: Other winners bracket game, Oregon State and Oklahoma State. Mm. There's a reason this isn't the ABC game. The the Orange OSU matchup. Draft. I'll go. It's fine. Okay. Oklahoma State.
1: Yeah. Uh, the Maxwell effect. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll agree with you. Because Dang. We're just gross. Just no. This is
0: not how it's. This is happen. all wrong. <laughs> uh, okay. The last one that we'll pick would be the flip game. Okay. So bear with me. I'm going to do you first. You've got Northwestern versus Oregon State ooh, on ABC at 2 o'clock. Who would have thought? Quite the matchup.
1: So it's going to be – have they had a day of rest at some point? Yes, they would have had yes. a day of
0: rest coming in. So, Northwestern would have – Oregon State would not have. Which could be the difference because
1: yeah. you'll have a, a day of rest for Daniel Williams and not one for Maison. That, and I think Northwestern is just generally better. Oregon State obviously made a tremendous run to get here, but I think it ran, ends there and I'll go Northwestern.
0: So I've got Oregon State, Texas, and I will agree with you in all facets, just with a different team. I'm taking Texas to move on from there. So that would set up for us a top side, left side of the bracket final of Oklahoma versus Northwestern for you and Texas for me. Okay. Which fun. Here yeah, for it. Sure. That'll be a lot. Good times. The flip game on the other side for both of us would be UCLA Florida, oh, and that's the one that gets
1: on ESPN two, not on ABC, unfortunately. That's but
0: unfortunate for yes. many reasons. I'm going to say Florida. I think Florida get, goes on that goes on that loser. I don't want to keep agreeing with you, but really? I kind of felt that too. So that would set up a regional final of Oklahoma State and Florida. So our final fours would be Florida, Oklahoma State, Texas slash Northwestern, and Oklahoma. And are those the four best teams? No, but those are, you could argue, the four teams that are playing the best right now. Yeah, And I think
1: if you get those other three teams playing their best, they can give Oklahoma a run. And that's at this point, when you get that at that point in the tournament, in the Women's College World Series, that's what you're going to be looking for who has the
0: best chance, who is playing the best and can give Oklahoma a true run. Newsflash, Sooners fans we don't hate Oklahoma no we just want something exciting to happen yeah. and it's not exciting if Oklahoma run rules are, it's great for you right that's awesome right it's, I, it's, I wish it's, Alabama did that every right. game
1: it's, it's the same thing people talk to me about you know it's Alabama football is it boring no I love it we enjoy it I want everybody else hates it right I want every game I want Alabama to win every game 58 to nothing yeah that's what I want to have happen I know that's not what everybody else wants. And so Oklahoma, sorry, that's what happens when, when you, have, right. when, you know, that you're going to people. I want to see a it.
0: compelling women's college right. world series. What is not compelling is Oklahoma beating everybody to nothing. Right. So that is what I'm rooting for. I'm rooting for excitement and mm. something fun. And I, I just want to see everybody have to play their best and get pushed. And if that happens, we're in for a heck of a women's college world series.
1: If th- this is not a situation like for baseball for me, where I'm actively rooting against or rooting for whoever's playing Tennessee, because I really don't like
0: this. You love Campbell again. <laughs> Go Campbell's. Yes, you back. can do it.
1: You can do it. So that's, that's. this is not that situation. We don't not like you, Oklahoma. We just want it to be exciting.
0: Yeah. We're, we're pulling for the story, right. as we always say okay those are our World Series picks um, maybe before the champ series if we get there or before the semis we'll tweet something we out tweet but, yeah um, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves because at that point then there's if one pick is wrong, there's like no point in keeping score anymore. Right, the
1: bracket implodes. If it, you know, this isn't like a single elimination where you know you can still do well if you have one person wrong. If one team is wrong here, with the oh. bracket flipping, double elimination. It's it's yeah. a nightmare.
0: Right. So we'll we'll do that later on. I'm sure everyone is waiting for our picks <laughs> with
1: bated breath to see who they're going to pick against because of <laughs> who we pick.
0: Okay. Speaking of against, it's time mm. to talk about the people who are just against fun and. Mm so many good things in life it's time for off the wall tom this is
1: where we should play the clip from the office why are you the way that you are
0: <laughs> you've got lead off Go oh ahead, thank Parker. you very
1: much we talked about it a little earlier but again with the transfer portal it's none your business basically is, is the best way to put it because i've had several people comment you know why why can't we find out why are you know basically saying we deserve to know the reasons behind people transferring? no, no, you don't. I'm sorry. It's not, not your choice. It's not, you know, it doesn't affect you if it's up, you know, if, if the players themselves want to say something later, they can do that, but you know, they're going through a lot right now, whether it's, you know, trying to figure out what they're going to do, but let them figure that out. You know, you are not owed an explanation, just not. But random Twitter dame with numer- with numbers and symbols and all that kind of stuff. You are not, you know, you're not owed an explanation.
0: I'm sorry. If you've got multiple emojis in your Twitter, (laughs) you're wrong.
1: Right. That's all there is to it. That's
0: kind of the way it goes. I I want to really talk about the way that we as fans go after our own teams when things go poorly. Uh, Again, Kimberly Wert from Missouri put out a great tweet in terms of, you know, talking to fans who were tweeting her apparently and saying they didn't try in the Columbia regional. That's not what happened. Right. You know, every, every team is trying to win. Sometimes sure. it just doesn't happen, but yeah. yeah,
1: Talking about, there was the other tweet with the Kaylee Tao tweets Yeah, or like, well, they didn't, they didn't want enough. They didn't have the this... I promise you Kaylee Tao wanted it to win more than anybody. Yeah. Everybody that's playing wants to win. Yeah. But half the people that play don't and every single game, And
0: yeah, so again, we've talked about this, but when you are a fan of a team, the last thing that you need to be doing is tweeting your team's players and telling them how disappointed you are in them, because (laughs) that's just the last thing they need to hear. Just it's really annoying, honestly. I mean, these student athletes, I'm not trying to coddle anybody, but oftentimes when your season comes to an end, that's when you feel as low as you can get especially when it comes to an end unexpectedly. And just a little bit of grace um, for for those players. And that seems like the least you Mm. can do. I know you are disappointed as a fan of your team. You don't have to voice it. Or if you you want to voice it, just voice it. Don't go at certain
1: people about it. Uh, Because again, as disappointed as you are, multiply it by a hundred, that's what the players are. You know, we, we were disappointed. We talked about it in the in the first segment. You know, it was tough for us. But at the same time, I'm coming back next year. Everybody, You know, we, we have a, some people, that's the end. That's it. And, you know, it, it's a new step, a new chapter in their story and a sad ending. They are much more disappointed than you are because now, now you just change the channel and watch something else.
0: Right. I want to get to one more thing about, transfers in general as you kind of touched on this is the way sports are now yeah just the portal is what it is unless something changes which i doubt it will you're going to have people transferring in and transferring out for most of the programs at a university and it's just the way it is we've got to change our attitude though to how we react when people leave when people come in It doesn't matter how long somebody has been at a school. They're a part of that program the viral tweet going out today was about the Arkansas radio host who talked about what was it borrowed players or rental players, rental players. Yeah. That's not how it is. That's not what it does. Oftentimes transfers into programs are are the ones who give their heart and soul the most because they're so happy. They've got a chance for a fresh start at a new place at the same time. When a player leaves, you know, you can say, darn, you know, I, I wish her well. You, you don't need to go after them for wanting to make those decisions. Also, uh, at the same time, you don't need to say good riddance. Like You, you just say, yeah. best of luck, yeah. and we'll move on. And yeah. that, that's I, just the, the attitude towards transfers has got to change because it's not slowing down anytime soon. So we've all got to get used to it. Do I love that half of rosters can change each year? No, it's difficult to prepare for when we do podcasts like this. It's difficult to to track fully. It just makes everything more complex. Am I going to bitch about it? No, it's the way the sport is. And at this point, we've all just got to get our heads around the fact that people are going to leave. People are going to come in. When they come in, they're just as part of the program as people who've been there for their entire careers. And when people leave... It, it, we don't have to shoot the bird on their way out you yeah. know we we can just move on absolutely true i mean I, I saw somebody say, well
1: you just can't win with portal players really tell oklahoma that they have a few of those Our,
0: arkansas had a yeah. hefty amount of portal players this year and they did win the sec and tournament
1: right so you know that, again you, yeah you have to have a different there's there's kind of a, a bad vibe that is looked at sometimes with you know somebody that's transferred that's you got to get rid of that because it's so much easier now for people to transfer. There's going to be people that are going to build their entire teams based around people from the transfer portal, because they have to, out of necessity, you can't have that, that 10 on anymore. It's just, it, it's part of it. Yeah. Anything <laughs> else you want to touch on? And there was another one. So I tweeted a, I tweeted out Alabama's record against the super regional teams and the women's Culture world series teams. Which was very good, by the way. Please. Can I give
0: you the stat? Please.
1: You're the one that figured it up. I just stole it from you and then tweeted it.
0: Eliminated top eight seeds against World Series teams this year 27 and three. That would be Alabama, Florida State, Virginia Tech, Arizona State, and Arkansas. Alabama was six and one. But again, combined 27 and three. <laughs> Oregon State, who's in the World Series right. against other World Series teams, two and four. Again, weird year, but yeah. please keep going. Right, yeah. So I tweeted
1: that out. Uh, Alabama against super regional teams this year was 14 and four, including Stanford. 14 and four, six and one against the Women's College World Series teams. So I tweeted it out and just said, that's the way it is in sports where there's tournaments, playoffs at the end. It's not the teams that have played the best all year long. It's how who's playing the best at the end. Not taking a shot at anybody, not taking a shot at Alabama. Just saying that's the way it is. You know, Disappointing the way it ended for Alabama. Multiple people responded to that tweet trying to argue with me, but making the same point that I just made, that you have to play the entire year, but making it in a negative context against Alabama. That was the point I was making. You have to, you know, if, if you don't play well at the end of the year, that's when the playoffs are. And you're not going to have a good end of the season and you're not going to have, you know, it's not going to go well for you. You don't win in the tournament. You're probably not winning the tournament. (laughs) That's usually the way it works. Yes. As I'm looking through, it kind of dawned on me that they just want, people just want to be mad. And, and my tweet was just putting it out there and saying, here, here's the numbers. Alabama had a great overall season just ended poorly. And people don't want to accept that as, you know, the truth. (laughs) They want to be angry and again talk about that this happened to alabama all year long which it didn't it was a bad you know end of the year even if you take a look at the last month alabama swept a team that went to the super regionals won a series against another top 16 seed but then lost one and done in the sec tournament and played up against the sanford team that played really well
0: yeah
1: that's the other thing the alabama fans i've talked to don't want to give Stanford the credit Stanford won those two games.
0: Yeah, Elena Vaughter, incredible. We probably should have talked about her more right. on this podcast. I'm not going to lie. That's so. on me. We should have brought it up. Stanford had a great game plan three times against Montana fans, right. And it worked.
1: Again, it, it, it seems that there are so many people, and, and we've talked about this so much, and it's one of the reasons why we have this segment. Fans of teams can sometimes be the hardest on that team when things don't go like they want it to. I don't think that's a great
0: mindset to have every season comes to an end. As you remind me every year, only one team can finish their season with a win
1: as as you're openly weeping. Yeah. Usually I remind you 64 teams start 63 are sad at the end. One is happy. It happened a little bit earlier than we're used to at Alabama this year. Again, that's the way sports are. And, And in some ways, the law of averages, kind of caught up with alabama a lot of stuff that hadn't oh my happened gosh.
0: finally happened right
1: 44 straight regional victories oklahoma did not have that there i mean there nobody had that alabama had not lost a regional game period since 2007 at some point you're going to stub your toe you know yeah. it, it just it all came together at some point you're going to lose that first game of the sec tournament
0: we just never expected no. to be this year, and I think it was always going to be Adam. Yeah, next so, year, sometime down the it's road, okay. yeah, right. twenty twenty seven, right, yeah, when, way down there. But you know,
1: <laughs> it you get there at some point, yeah. Um, and the law of averages kind of came up because there have been much worse Alabama teams than the twenty twenty two season that got farther. Yeah, it's just the way it is. It's a weird year, it's man. Weird,
0: and we're gonna
1: Oregon State and Arizona are in the World Series.
0: <laughs> It's weird. Um, I'm sorry. Go beeves. Go ahead. Why not? You're <laughs> there. Go for it. We're going to dissect more about Alabama's weird year. The, the softball season's weird year when we do the season four finale. Uh, we'll also look at next year. We'll turn the page. We'll look at what Alabama can be. Um, hopefully by then we'll have a couple portal news bites yeah. perhaps. Uh, we know that things are being worked on and uh, hopefully that will mean we'll have some roster additions by the time we do the next show. Yeah, I'll
1: look forward to that. And at some point here in the next month, we'll be talking to you from Sarasota and the FGCL, and we'll find out even more Portal
0: stuff. Oh my gosh, we're going to get all the, what's what the kids say, the tea? We're going to have all the tea. It will be spilt all over the place. Cups, mugs, all (laughs) over you. That's going to be fun. Also in the season four finale, we've got, again, a breakdown of every SEC team, who's graduated, who's coming back. Woo! who's kentucky gonna be pitching next year portaling right a lot of sec players are in the portal right now potentially coaching news a lot we'll cover we've got all name team we've got the tom's hungry podium oh wow we'll have our hopefully our season ending interviews with a guest and hopefully patch murphy Uh, i I haven't talked to Murphy. i know he's been in iowa uh, and bouncing around a lot of places seeing family Um, but hopefully we'll have him on to wrap up the season and then we'll, like you said, get ready for the summer. The FGCL out of the box office is coming. Mm. We know Murph's in for that. Yes, uh, there's there's a lot that we're going to cover in the next week or so, and I'm excited for it. What a what a way to end a weird ass year. This is. <laughs> Yeah. I'm running out of words to describe the softball season we've seen. Weird. I think it is the best one. We're probably still going to have a lot of thoughts at the World Series. I'm, I'm going to explain my role in just a minute with D1 softball, but I know that you're going to be tweeting stuff. Yes. As these games are going on. So, tell the people, Tom, where can they find you? Just random gifts is
1: what I, is, is what I've decided I'm going to do. So, and again, it's all good natured. I'm not, I don't, I, I don't not like anybody. I'm just putting, putting stuff out there. Uh, Mainly you, we just want to be right. Right. That's what's important. <laughs>
0: Mostly thing. it's picks related.
1: <laughs> so at this point, yeah, just follow me at T Canterbury RTR on Twitter. T C A N T E R B U R
0: Y R T R on the Twitter. And I am at Gray, G-R-A-Y underscore Robertson. As I've said many times, I'm going to Oklahoma City. <laughs> Have fun. Alabama is not there, but Gray will be. Yes. We're getting some representation. And Who are you going to hang out in the pool with? Because we're not going to be there with that. You. I'm going to miss that part of it for sure. <laughs> um, if you all want to still come, we'll go to the piano bar. It'll be great. Uh, so I'm, I'm doing some freelance work with D1 Softball. So we're going to be doing preview videos each day recap videos after each day. I think we're calling it the nightcap. Uh, oh, and yes. And oh, I hope I didn't just spoil the name of the video, but uh, whatever. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm really excited about that. Uh, I'll be at Media Day on Wednesday, which is going to be fun. We do have a good amount of FGCL girls who are playing in the Women's College World Series. So it'll be fun to see everybody. And I'm really excited about it. So check that out at D1 Softball. Follow me at Gray underscore Robertson. Go to the D1 Softball website. What is it all going to look like? I don't know, but I'm really excited to do it. And it's going to be interesting to go to the World Series, not with a team. It's the first time I've ever done that. yeah. And it's going to be a whole new experience. I will sit and watch four games on Thursday. I've never done that before.
1: Right, yeah. Not having to live and die with every single pitch. The heart rate will be you. right at a lower rate for a longer amount of time. <laughs> there will probably not be an open weeping session at the end. I hope not. <laughs> otherwise, well, otherwise, I got to
0: address some things. Uh, make sure you also follow the show at out-of-the-box underscore pod. And who knows? We might even do a space after, you know, before the national championship. Who knows? We'll figure right. something out.
1: Because we can, we can do that. I don't have to
0: be standing next to you and we're That's doing right. space. That's so. the beauty of Twitter. Right. How about that? I'm disappointed that we're not about to get on a chartered flight tomorrow to go to Oklahoma City. Honestly, we probably would have left today. Right. But uh, at the end of the day, This has still been a pretty incredible NCAA tournament. And I feel like what we could see this final week might make it a historic NCAA tournament.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to see, we've already seen the craziest uh, tournament due to with the upsets coming in. If it comes down to Oklahoma just blowing everybody out, appreciate the greatness of Oklahoma it will be that. the
0: greatest team of all time right
1: yeah I mean and I, I think there's that storyline if that happens but the other storyline of if someone is able to get to him uh, and the other games that don't involve Oklahoma should all be really really good so it's going to be a great a great tournament and as far as Alabama goes yeah disappointing season the disappointing season ending uh, I don't think the season as a whole was a disappointment I think there were a lot of really highs that we'll talk about when we do more of the, the season wrap-up. But if you're an Alabama fan, you can definitely look at a lot of the positives that happened this year. A lot of really cool moments, disappointing ending, but uh, you, know, you got a lot to work for into in, to, in uh, 2023.
0: For sure. The Women's College World Series is coming up and I'm excited to see it. We're going to be ready to wrap things up after that. And then... No such thing as the offseason in this sport. We've got FGCL, and we've got all the portaling and coaching news and no, all that yeah. stuff. So, we're really just getting started. You <laughs> thought the season was over? No. no. No, 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 no,
1: It's a year-round thing now with the portal and everything else, so it's going to be definitely something you can be able to look and see a lot of stories as
0: as the offseason moves, moves along. And we will be there every step of the way. For my partner, Tom Canterbury, I am Gray Robertson. We'll see you next time on the Out of the Box Podcast.